folks. Welcome to another episode of Big Talk Small Machines. And this is episode 118 brought to you by John Hollinger. And actually, I've gotten to meet John. He came here to the Hughes Compound Southern Command for a visit. Uh, nice guy. Always appreciate John. Actually, in fairly like weekly contact with him on social media. So, uh, hey, how's it going, Dor? We, we're post-Turkey weekend, right? Yep, yep. I spent my uh, whole Thanksgiving week down in Orlando, Florida. Um, I flew down, and I didn't have a rental car, so I was basically stuck on the base there, uh, unable to get off for the entire week. Um, kids had a great time. Wife had a great time. I came back feeling like I needed a vacation for my vacation. So you flew into Orlando or Sanford? Uh, I believe it was Orlando International. Okay, so you had like the monorail and all that kind of stuff. Going oh around. yeah, 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 yep, exactly. Yeah, that that's Orlando. Yeah, nice, nice airport. It's not huge. It's it's decent though. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this: it was in air quotes big enough to where uh, we landed, and less than I want to say ten minutes later, we were um, approaching the bus in order to uh, get on the Disney Magic Express to go straight to our uh, hotel. Oh, cool. Cool. That, that's cool. Then, then there's no fuss, no nothing. And this was the trip you were threatening that, you know, uh, Trace and I were going to hang out with you, but you ditched us. Well, before the Rona, I mean, you know, everything yeah, yeah, could have yeah. been done. Um, I, the, still, the issue was I, I would have had to have gotten a rental car. Yeah, well, we, we could have hooked up with you somehow. And as, as much as it is, I haven't seen Trace. I, I don't know how long he's, Trace has been in Florida. But he he'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, I was at Universal today. I'm like, I'm three blocks from Universal. He's like, oh yeah, we got a year pass. I'm like, all right, Tracy. And we're talking about Tracy Holtz, great guy. And, yeah. and it's it's just uh, you know, it's tough meeting up with people. It's uh, and again, the the whole Rona kind of screwed this year. Anyhow, uh, can I can I show something off? Absolutely. I got a Google Corral. Oh, sweet. So uh, I haven't plugged it in yet. Basically, I I haven't officially unboxed it, uh, although it did break the seal because I want to do a video on that. And can, can I talk about exploits, my mini PC exploits? Absolutely. So um, I 3D printed all of these goodies, and the bottom doohickey is um, the Pine Rock 64, not the Rock Pro 64. And this is the one that you could get in that, we, we talked about it, I don't know, maybe it was the last show show before. You get it for a couple of bucks from Amazon. It was packaged in a case with a screen. Uh, I forget what it was called. Do you remember, Tor? Yep. Because I, I got the boxes that are on the other side of my monitors. It is uh, Recon Sentinel. So you can get the Recon Sentinel for a couple of bucks. You get a case of power supply, and it's a serial display. And depending on whatever you want to do with it, looks kind of cool. But I've got a stack like this. Uh, so this would be my, I was going to run Open Media Vault on this with a laptop drive. And I've got two Pi 4 clusters, uh, one with three 8 gig Pi's, and, Pi 4's, and one 4 gig Pi 4, and another cluster with three 4 gig Pi 4's. And they're running ESXi. So I have two ARM ESXi clusters running. The cool thing is um, the 8 gig one, I have high availability set up on it. So if you pull the plug on one, the VMs get orphaned basically because they're running on the Pi that has no network connection. 
the uh, vSphere sees that and starts them up on another one. Or if you're more graceful about it, if you put it in maintenance mode, which is saying, hey, I'm going to be shutting you down or doing something, it um, exports or evacuates all of the VMs to other hosts and evenly distributes them. And you can do proactive HA. So if it sees um, like five o'clock on Friday, there's an increase in these VMs, it will move them onto their own host and clear them the space. So if it sees a predictive, you know, a, a regularly occurring event and it can clear the space for it so it won't have resource issues, it'll do that. I, I've been doing this stuff, uh, you know, professionally for years, but I don't even see the servers. They're in some building far, far away. So it's very cool when it's happening, you know, this size on your desktop. I, I just... It, it was kind of, you know, a different experience for me. So that, that was pretty neat. Ooh, all right. You just clicked on that link. Stateless um, ESXi ARM. So that's line 276. And if you're into VMware, Virtually Ghetto, that guy kicks butt. He, his website, so it's virtuallyghetto.com. And he's, at first I looked at this link, the stateless ESXi with uh, Raspberry Pi. And basically, it's net booting the Pi. It, it, he goes through step by step how to set it up. It, it it's a bunch of steps. It's uh, you know, I I know how it goes. I know how it works in the Intel world. Um, setting it up this way, I in I was in pre-show. I was talking to Dora about this. I was thinking about maybe even taking the jump and doing that because then I can totally nuke and pave my cluster and then rebuild it any way I want. So if I want to you know, play with vSAN, which is virtual storage area network, I can do that. And if I just don't need that anymore, I could just nuke it and repave it. And this would be the easy way to do it. Yeah, I mean, um, I hope this guy is getting paid good money, is the way I'll put it. Because if he's not, to me, this is a great way of doing like an online job application of look how much I can document, look how much I comprehend, look what I can do. Um, oh, because, yeah. because this documentation is like off the chart. If I had to score him one to 10, he'd get like, you know, a 19. Yeah. He's, you know, it's, it's one thing in, I don't know if anybody's watched my YouTube video on ESXi arm on the pie, but it's tough communicating and then editing a video, catching all of the events just right. You know, the technical issues you have and God bless anybody that can actually write the steps coherently. Not that you yourself can understand it because quite often I'll write steps down. I'm like, what was that? What was I supposed to do there? But that he uh, can communicate in such a way that everybody understands it plainly. So that that's really, and actually I've messaged him on Instagram, uh, Instagram on Twitter. So he's on Twitter and uh, he's answered some of my questions. Very cool. Very cool. I will say um, it's one of these things. I don't want to say it like this, but I'm going to say it like this. Um, we have said this now for, I want to say maybe four, maybe five years, Rich. Um, the days of Intel are coming to an end as being the exclamation point everything. Uh, Arm I don't believe is, that. Um, yeah, Arm is going to completely eat its lunch. It's just a question of when, how long it's going to take, and what niche is Intel going to own? Um it's, to me, pretty painfully obvious it's not going to be mobile computers, it's not going to be portable computers, and it's not going to be server infrastructure. Um, 
so I don't know. I don't know where um, Intel is going to survive. Is the way I'll put it. Um, and seeing like this kind of development on an on a true modular small form factor, extremely accessible, extremely affordable computing platform, just makes me believe more and more and more the barrier of complexity is just dropping exponentially, like you know, uh, three times the speed of gravity kind of thing. To where, in like three years, if you don't know ARM infrastructure, you can't do enterprise infrastructure. Is what it seems like. Okay, so that that's going to be the first comment I'm going to lead off with. How different is ARM than Intel? Like, what would you need to know that you don't know already if you're an Intel guy? Well, the difference is only in the drivers, the modules, and the compilers. So most developers won't need to know any difference. It's the only the people doing those specific tasks. If you're creating hardware drivers, if you're doing hardware modules, or if you're literally instituting the compiler for whatever it is, whether it's something .NET related, whether it's C++ or anything else, that's the only people I know who need to be aware of the actual hardware differences. Except for that, once those things are done, then those other applications can surface for whether it is developers or users. Whether it's just a browser or whether it's an IDE or whether it's a complete deployment kind of stack software, they all have to be based off of those other things, either drivers, modules, or compilers. So as far as a VMware guy, um, you know, doing VMware infrastructure, uh, there's a couple of things. Actually, there, one of the things you brought up, uh, or I think we messaged about this, uh, actually, I'm not going to jump to it. Uh, it's the, well, maybe I'll mention it since I'm nine-tenths there, is the ILO or basically what they call the out-of-band uh, configuration. So if if you're not a server guy and you're listening to me right now, what happens is nobody goes in the server room. In fact, our server room is like you got a palm scan to get in there. There's like two or three people allowed to get in there. They can't bring anything in there. If they take a hard drive out of a machine, it gets crushed before it leaves the room. All those kinds of things. So what ILO does, which uh, what's the acronym for? Uh, there's ILO, IDRAC, and what they call is out of band. And basically, it gives you a remote terminal as though you have a keyboard and a monitor on that machine. You can power down the server, the whole shoot and match, as though you're physically you know, doing it on your own PC. And there's a link. I, I'm not sure where it is, but somebody's got a kit to do it on the Raspberry Pi. So the ability to remote boot and to you know, look into it. So that, that's really the next step to getting the Pi enterprise level. And, and I'm not saying the Pi is enterprise level and gonna be, but it's the next, next step in that direction. But the other thing that you talked about, um, we just recently retired our AS400. So uh, I don't know that if, Apple is going whole hog with ARM or their version of ARM. I don't know that ARM's going to take over the world in five years. It's probably going to be 20 something years before people are going to ask, like, Intel what? You're still running that? You know, the kind of like COBOL and AS400 stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly taken over the mobile space, it's taken over the CubeSat space, <laughs> it's also taken over a fair amount of computing. Um, on SpaceX type computing. Um, oh, cool. I, I'm not aware of that stuff. And just like you said, Cobol, I mean, I, I believe, 
I could be maybe a year or two off, but the last official college course offering COBOL education was, I want to say, 1996. Now, I'm sure they're teaching in Mumbai, India right no, now. No, 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 no. Serious? No, they're not because we get so many people from my job coming from India and they're like, co what? Really? Um, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. They, they're very knowledgeable about their niche, but they know nothing outside. Of it. It's painfully obvious. They know nothing outside of what they know. Um, and I happen to know one of the guys who had the last official college course in the United States for COBOL. Um, he's pretty successful because, you know, he kind of knows stuff that nobody else knows. Um, and I told him, look, in maybe three or five years, you can move to another country, work for a world bank kind of institution and just rake in the cash, but enjoy it while you can, because the days are absolutely numbered. Right. Right. Oh, just one more thing about, uh, VMware infrastructure before I get off the topic is um, what what would happen is you would set up a home lab, you would get these servers, rack mount servers, they were tossing and they would make so much noise, heat and use so much power, but you got them for free. They were once, you know, tens of thousands of dollars and now they're worth, you know, a penny a pound and you'd be excited to run them at your house. I was never that guy. Uh, but the other cheap way to do it is an Intel Nook. There were hacks to run ESXi on a Nook and, and to get it working. But the cool thing, and, and a Nook is still going to be $300 all set up. So with the memory, you know, with the box, the memory, and a hard drive, whether it's SSD or whatever, you're still going to be in the $300 range. So for, what's a Pi 4 with 8 gig? I think it's 80 bucks. So you get a, a thumb drive. You know, there's still a couple of accessories you need. So you need power. You need a uh, micro SD card, a thumb drive, uh, Ethernet cable, a switch, you know, if you don't have a switch already. So there's a, a couple of things. But you're still probably 100 bucks uh, a unit. So for what would be, you know, just a $300 Nook, you could have a cluster of three Raspberry Pis. Which is very cool. And, you know, I'm talking uh, ESXi VMware. You don't have to run VMware on it. You could run, you know, Docker with Kubernetes. So you, it fills a couple of things right there. Yeah. Um, to get a NUC powerful enough to resemble enterprise infrastructure, yeah. At the cheapest, I want to say it's like two, maybe 80. And that's with you're really like going low speed hard drives, low speed RAM low speed other things but there was a link i had bookmarked and of course it's to uh banggood.com it's a intel nuc celeron j3 160 bare bones mini pc quad core 1.6 to 2.24 pf sense ready kind of device um it is definitely not an i7 let's just get that away it is, this is the lowest of the lowest processor speed but this is literally 189 dollars right now on sale and it has four LAN ports and it's PFSense compatible. Um, if you want to have completely um, complete micromanageability on a network and have it literally be like a full-fledged network uh, administrator, this to me is a fantastic way to put one in your network for less than 200 bucks and educate yourself on VLANs, QSing, um, um, you know, uh, prioritizing packets, prioritizing IP addresses. Uh, and 
like learning all the nuances with networking for less than 200 bucks. I thought this was a fantastic price. And if I actually understood how networks worked, I would probably want to get one of these. So is this RAM and storage? I'm looking for that. Oh, yeah. It is a complete package with everything on it uh, baked in already. I see CPU, RAM, none. Oh, it says no RAM, no hard drive. So I was hoping uh, there would be something, you know, like 16, 32 gig of storage and, I, you know, some form of RAM. Right. I swore this thing had 512 of RAM when I was looking at it. I must have been looking at something else. But it was low RAM, the one that I was looking at, and the hard drive was literally like uh, 64 gig. It was okay. tiny. The bottom picture shows a bare internal. So no SSD, uh, no RAM. Man. So I would say now, if you're doing a network appliance, a gig is overkill mm-hmm. for RAM. Um, so hopefully 189, hopefully less than 60 bucks could get you a, a very small hard drive because you don't need a lot of hard drive space to do PF sense. And RAM, maybe unfortunately 80 bucks pushing it close to 260, pushing that $300 limit. Yep. Yep. Yeah, almost. All right. So I actually gave John Hollinger this advice. Um, he was looking for a Nook, and I got an i7 Nook, Gen 7 i7 Nook on eBay, and I just made him an offer. Um, I think they had a stink load of them. I, I just made him a crazy lowball offer, and I took it. So there's opportunities out there. You don't necessarily have to buy something new from Banggood. You might find somebody with refurb, or which means they blew the dust off it or something like that, equipment, and get a crazy good deal on it. That's one of the things I do. It's like, if I really don't need it, but they'll take a crazy lowball price, I'll, I'll pick it up. Oh, yeah. And if you're patient, you'll always find a good deal, whether it's Facebook Marketplace, whether it's eBay, whether it's Banggood, whether it's whatever. If you're patient, you always find a good deal. And I am a firm believer in most of the things I buy. It does not have to be factory fresh. I don't have to have that piece of plastic peeling off like moment in order to be um, happy. Um, and I will say since the last time we did a show, it's been over a month. Um, and I will again say, I want to say it was maybe th- two years ago, two and a half years ago, um, when I started to like praise how popular the RK3399 uh, would be and how important it was. And like in the last month alone, I think we had three hardware devices released all with the RK3399 processor in it, which just means um, it's going to get, it's going to keep getting more mature. It's going to keep getting more support. It's going to keep getting more polished. It's going to keep getting more efficient. It's going to keep using less power and it's going to keep becoming a quicker, snappier processor for everyone else to use. So I'm really happy to see that it is definitely, uh, still, you know, popular. Oh yeah, that, that is really cool. Uh, good news, you know, good news all the way around. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to think how to say this properly. Uh, I'm not an Apple fanboy, and I, I am excited about ARM or their version of an ARM chip being in the new computers just because it means there's going to be a lot more out there and there's going to be more ARM compatibility because of it. Yep, absolutely. Um, and there was, you know, that was huge ARM news. You're not going to kid, not going to lie, not going to push around, but having a major institution like Apple say we're ditching Intel on everything. Uh, it's one of those like flagpoles in the future where you're going to see everyone is going to have a choice, do the same kind of thing, or 
the Intel premium tax will only just keep getting more and more and more and more. Well, all right, let's let's trace Apple. It started out at 6805, right? Went to Motorola 68,000. Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm doing Sounds this on, right. on the fly. Power PC, then Intel, and now ARM. So this is the, the fifth hardware architecture. Completely different each time. Yeah, yeah. Which requires immense work is the only way I'll put it. And for the launch to be as smooth as it has been, I have to say uh, there's a reason why you pay that, a, in air quotes, Apple premium. All right, so I'm going to go a little Apple if, if you guys heard me talk about it. I, I do have a MacBook Pro. It's a 2012. I've got a 15-inch Retina um, with 16 gigs of RAM. I, I went to Best Buy. They're still only offering in the MacBook Pro 16 gigs of RAM as far as I know. I, I don't know. At yep. least the ones I saw there, if you go to the website, maybe you could configure with 30. Like, give us 32. What, what's the big deal? I don't know. Maybe they're ageist and they think it's too old. Yeah, well, you know, Bill Gates said Nobel ever need more than 8K of RAM, right? Yeah, 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 something ridiculous. Uh, but there is another elephant in the room, and that yes. was the uh, Raspberry Pi 400 launched uh, during this last month as well. Which That is so cool. It is cool, but here's the thing that I was first initially incredibly worried about was overheating. And I say that because I have my ice tower cooler here with my Raspberry Pi 4, and it never goes above like 34 degrees centigrade you know it doesn't even come close to going over um i can do anything on it and it runs nearly desktop like and when i saw this i'm thinking there is no active cooling this thing is going to throttle and overheat like the like to the nth degree well i'm happy to say i was wrong i love it when i'm wrong because it means i learned something uh the people cracked open the raspberry pi 400 and what they found was it is not even a Raspberry Pi in air quotes. It's a completely new board that's never oh, been released. Yeah. Um, one of at least two of the chips were revved from what is now currently available on the Raspberry Pi 4, 8 gig. Um, it wasn't a huge rev. It was a small rev. But basically, the entire bottom is a huge aluminum heat sink. So the size of the heat sink is basically the size of the keyboard. And when they try to tax it, they cannot get it to throttle. So I first thought, this is a kid's toy. This is stupid. This is going to throttle to the nth degree. Who in their right mind would buy this? Thinking I know everything. Then I come to find out, no, in actuality, you can save, instead of buying a $30 ice tower cooler, you simply buy this keyboard and you don't have to worry about Broadway. Yeah, I mean, if you want a keyboard kicking around. Not, not that, don't get me wrong. I think it's cool AF. I just don't have a need for one. And I, if, I'll, I'll tell you what the use would have been for me if I still had an apartment or Orlando was traveling back and forth. I would just leave this plugged into one of the monitors there. Yeah. Or if That'd I had be crazy. To, or if I had to drive to work, it would be a perfect portable computer I put in my backpack. Okay. So I'm looking at the back of it. I don't know if it's USB-C power, Ethernet. I see like USB 2.0. It looks like two USB 3.0. I'm not sure if that's another USB-C. And then is that two micro HDMI ports? Yep. Basically, the back of it is the exact same port configuration as any Raspberry Pi, except one USB 2.0 port is missing, and they assume that's what they're using for the keyboard. So it does, mm -hmm. have, it does have dual mini HDMI. It does have... Micro. Micro. Um, I'm sorry, yes. Micro HDMI. It has one USB 2.0. It has two 
USB 3.0, and it has one USB-C for power. It has an Ethernet, and it has a micro SD card, and you can literally get to all the pins from it as well. So basically, it is the same I.O. as a Raspberry Pi 4 minus one USB 2.0 port. Uh, that's... I love it. And again, I'm not buying one, but I do love it. And, you know, a couple months back, I would have had a need for it and a reason to have it. And that's the thing. I'm encouraging people to buy it, but I don't think I would. I mean, hypothetically, if tomorrow somebody gave me an extra 70 bucks and said, thank you for doing whatever, I I would probably go buy one. But I'm not using my own one. Is this four gigs of RAM, eight gigs of RAM? What is it? Four. I believe it's only four. Four gig. Okay. All right. You know, which I... Look, I love the fact that in December 2020, I can say a mini computer has only four gigs of RAM. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I love that that day has come. But I, now, huh, is this a kid's Christmas gift? Well, it, it could be. And I will say there is a kit you can buy. Okay, I believe the, the uh, keyboard by itself is $70. If you buy the kit, I want to say it's $100 where you get the okay. keyboard. You get the official Raspberry Pi mouse. You get all the cables you need. You get the power outlet you need. Plus, you also get a book, the official Raspberry Pi beginner's guide that literally leads them step by step on how to load operating systems, how to change operating systems, how to configure, you know, outputs, um, and then how to start with your first thing of programming so i'll say this it could be the perfect christmas present for a nerd kid well i i was actually not thinking about that i was thinking about uh all the different gaming emulation that you can do well i'll say this the raspberry pi 4 emulation is near pristine until you get to like ps2 level thing um uh the raspberry pi people i will say this i don't know if they want to actually actively encourage emulation um i still they i still think they think um education is like their vector but and the only reason i say that is there's no game controller included if if there was a game controller included i would have expected some paths toward emulation so all right i see this it it be great for a vacation home computer right if you do online storage you think of cloud storage for stuff and you share it It'd be great for your kid. It'd be great for uh, a senior person who just does, you know, web-based stuff. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not just a web browser, you know, web TV type thing. It, there's a lot of cool things you can do with it. But I, I'm thinking, you know, packaged in a keyboard, there's, you know, neat things uh, that it's geared toward, that it fits in. Yeah, and like, I'll say... It, um, back when I first bought my Moto X, I learned, or at least I then saw with my own eyes, how optimization can be much more important than hardware specs. And what I and it, what I'm trying to say is, I've been shocked at how Prusa Slicer has performed on my Pinebook Pro and my Raspberry Pi 4. I swear it slices things nearly as fast as my i7. I believe a three-generation-old i7 laptop. Okay, I haven't tried that out. Um, I'm, I'll say I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed by it. And I'll say more quick tangent. Um, yeah, so this Raspberry Pi uh, keyboard has four gigs of RAM, which I will say for a, a majority of people is fine. 
perfectly I, fine. If they come I, I think it's more than version, fine. Right. But if they come in with an 8 gig version, I might be tempted to buy it. But, okay, um, three quick things I got to just comment on before I completely forget. And it's a complete different topic. One, Pinebook Pro still rocking like a champ. Um, surprisingly well is the only way I can put it. Um, two, I want to thank Greg for sending the email in. Um, I did order my Pine tab. Uh, so it is on order. I don't know when I'm going to get it. I'm sure it said in the email, but too many words. Can't read. So I just pass it by. Uh, also, there is a new link out, and it's completely in a demo stage, is what I want to say. And it is the Pine Phone. Um, uh, let me see. It's the Pine Phone Multi Distro Demo Image. And I had to say that slow. Uh, what this is, it is a image you can load on a SD card. And then when you boot it up, you can select from uh, Arch Linux ARM from uh, November 21st, 2020, Arch Linux ARM uh, from November 12th, so it's a different one, then LunaOS, MAMO, Manjaro, Posh Beta, Manjaro Plasma, Mobian, KDE Neon, PMOS Plasma Desktop, PM. FB Keyboard, PMS GNOME, PMOS Plasma, PMOS Posh, Sailfish OS, uh, PMOS Nightly, Ubuntu Touch, and one called Jump Drive. Um, I've been secretly talking with, and I don't know if he wants to say, so I'm not going to say, but I've been secretly communicating with at least a developer whose goal is to have a multi-distro solution for everything, whether it's a Pine board, a Raspberry Pi board, a Pinebook Pro, or a phone ARM-based thing where you can easily, quickly multi-boot to different operating systems. And that's what basically this looks like. It's a demo of it, but it's put out by somebody completely different. So if you have a Pine phone or know somebody with a Pine phone, make sure they check out the multi-distro demo image uh, just to see what it can do. I did download it. I haven't had a chance to boot to it yet. Uh, but it's one of those things I just love. Somebody's doing this. Uh, that is very cool. And that's a heavy lift if, if you're going to have something multi-boot and also cover a bunch of different hardware. That's that's a lot of work on your part. Yeah, and the uh, Pine tab is uh, completely ordered. I want to say after everything, it was $130-something, $130 130-something and change. Um, it's basically a full-blown tablet with a full keyboard next to it now i say a full keyboard it's not it doesn't have a numpad in it just like the raspberry pi 400 doesn't have a numpad in it just like my pinebook pro doesn't have a numpad in it it's just one of those things that you sacrifice when you go below like 15 inch form factor um and i'm going to say something that's not completely accurate okay but it's accurate enough to get the idea across okay pine phone pine tab pine book Pinebook Pro, Pine 64, Pine Cam, Pine Time. All of these things have a lot of similarities in them. All of these things benefit from each other's um, uh, development cycles. Okay, They're different processors. There's different chipsets in all of them. I know that. But I can tell you this right now. Every time I see advancements on the Pine Time I see similar advancements like 30 days later on my Pinebook Pro. That's Uh, very cool. And and that's why I firmly believe that the Pine64 people have such a 
they have the foresight of like an ancient prophecy god kind of thing. Because what I think that they're doing is they are literally setting themselves up for nothing but incredible success. Unfortunately, I think it's still going to take at least a year, 18 months, maybe as maximum as three years to get all of their platforms mature enough to where normal people can buy it, not have a great geek understanding of it, and actually make it function to their needs. Um, I think these guys are absolutely on the right path, and so I'm going to keep supporting them in the only ways I know how, which is communicating what I believe about them to everybody else, and when I can, throw money at them because I think they deserve it. Yeah, now you're making me feel bad about the watch I bought today. Actually, I bought two watches in the last week. Um, I I got to say, I'm rocking the Gear Three, whatever. It's you know, I, I think it was a Legacy watch when I bought it for three hundred bucks. It's okay. Like if you're, my opinion on the Gear uh, is like if you were going to buy a watch for three hundred bucks and wanted a smart watch, you, you'd be happy with it. Um, is it good for more than a day? Yeah. And, you know, it, of course, depending on use, it, it, go, it comes and goes. So I guess what I'm getting towards is I, I do give Pine a lot of lip service, also patronage. Uh, but I didn't buy a Pine watch today. I bought a Wise watch. And it just, um, my wife has an Apple watch. She has the three and she, I just ordered the six for her. And we're going to sell her three. But I figured, hey, Wise has got a watch. It's what twenty bucks in change, twenty five bucks. I actually, I'm sorry. After shipping, the forty seven millimeter was like twenty seven in change, shipping and tax to my house. So I don't know when it's coming out. This is like a pre order. The cool thing is the battery's good for nine days. Now, the the killer app. And I don't really want to say killer app. I like paying for things with my watch. I think that's handy. I didn't see that in the spec here. If they come out with it, I'd, I'd be excited. But I do have one wise cam. I don't have any other wise things, like automation-wise. Boy, that, that's an awful pun. In the house. But the cool thing is you can turn on and off lights or outlets in your house with a watch. I like that functionality built into it. Which the only thing Pine doesn't have is uh, like smart outlets. They got the smart cam that they're working on, or I, I think it's they're selling it right now. The the Pine cam. Uh, I do believe there was at least a initial run on it, and I do believe they're going to have more in stock here any day. Um, yeah, the Wise Watch. Wise is a company I never would have said they're going to come out with a watch. Right, right. They'd be the last ones. I, if you gave me a list of five, I'd put them last. Right. And then I would have never said they're going to come out with a watch for 20 bucks. And then, I, <laughs> and then I would have never said they're going to come out with a watch that has a maximum of nine days battery life. It's so like whew. $20 watch, nine day battery life, Apple watch look, if you're listening to us and not watching the YouTube channel. Um, I, I like it. I told my wife, I said, look, if you want, you know, I, I'm going to buy it, do a video on it. And if you want it, fine. If not, you know, whatever. But it also does, like, I, I'm guessing it does pulse and pulse oximeter. So as a pilot, that's one of the things is knowing your oxygen saturation if you're not flying a pressurized airplane. So that is cool. I don't, I'm guessing my 
Galaxy 3 uh, or Gear 3, whatever, does it. And I'm probably butchering the name and model of my watch. But I was just excited. I'm like, you know what? Twenty, you know, twenty-seven bucks out the door delivered to my house. What the hell? Let, let me do it. Yeah, and I mean, and I'll just, I'll try to, you know, cushion the blow as much as possible. Maximum of nine days battery life. Do not be shocked if you get five days or less just because you can't stop looking at the damn thing. At least initially, because um, screens, in my experience, are the biggest abuser of battery life. Okay, now, apparently the Garmin watches have a very long life. I don't know the current ones. We, we do have a friend that works for Garmin. Uh, but I remember, you know, I bumped into somebody on the hall, and they had a Garmin watch. They're like, oh, you know, I get like a week out of my watch. Yeah, I've heard the same thing too. Uh, but the thing that really, like, is the curveball that, honestly, it might make this damn thing successful, this wise watch, is its deep dedication to being unbelievably compliant with its own IoT-type solutions. So if you have wise plugs, wise lights, or other wise IoT-type devices, it's going to be baked right into the operating system like, to be honest, it should be, but like how um, the Nest products should be baked right in with the Wear OS stuff for Android, which it isn't. Um, just like if Amazon would offer a phone, oh, wait, they did, it failed. Just like if they would offer a watch, oh, wait, they never did to communicate with their Alexa devices. So nobody is shooting for this niche right now that Wise is shooting for. And because the watch is only 20 friggin' dollars, if you have any Wise equipment around your house already, you're going to want to spend the 20 bucks and then vice versa. If you're thinking you want a watch that can tell you your uh, oxygen saturation that can track your sleep that can give you a step counter that can do all these kind of things and yeah you know maybe i do want a camera in my garage maybe i do want this other sensor around my house and if wise offers it if your entry price is only 20 bucks for the watch i can't see people not jumping at this okay so i'm gonna you know shill for wise a little more i i've got nothing from them so don't don't think i'm on the take one john hollinger you know, uh, I asked him a whole bunch of questions. I was interested in uh, getting a wise cam, and, and he put me on the right track. He had a couple. Uh, I do have it in my garage, and it was, you know, lights go on and off and whatever, and it was giving motion detection all the time. They had a, a period of time, name your price for subscription person detection. I told him a buck a month. I, I think you could even do it for zero a month. And it, it kind of nudged you. And I'm like, all right, you know what? If you give me a service, it's absolutely worth a buck a month. I have the person de detection on now. Works fantastic. I do have one problem. Uh, my wife has a Taekwondo dummy in the garage. So every once in a while, it just perks. And there is. But it's the, the false alarms have gone to like near nothing. Because it used to be any time a light went on and off, it would give me a motion issue. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, uh, so... Is BW Red? Yep. Okay, so Red is asking for a link. Oh, and you got the link already. Okay, you beat me to it. Um, yeah, I tried to drop the link there, and it literally is wise, W-Y-Z-E dot com, and right from there you can see the link to the um, Wise Watch. It literally, I want to say, launched less than two or three days ago, and looking at the website, they said they have a pre-order kind of thing. 20 days left, 53,000 plus backers. <laughs> <laughs> they say that there is a limited quantity. They've already exceeded 265% of 
of what they expected. Oh, wow. All right, so I am, it wasn't this morning, like, when, when you shared the link with me. Wow, okay. Right, and then this next link I wanted to bring up, it's only because this harkens back to a previous day in many computers. Um, Melee, M-E-L-E, which is how I pronounce it. I don't know if I'm correct when I pronounce it like that, but that's why I've always pronounced it. This company has been around in the mini computing space for every bit of maybe six plus years is the way I'll put it. Um, Some of their devices underperform. Some of their devices perform just fine. Um, But this is a literally like a fat thumb drive computer. Um, And it's a um, Intel Celeron J4125, eight gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of internal storage, Windows 10 Pro mini computing stick, uh, supporting up to 4K 60 frames a second, dual band Wi-Fi with a gigabit Ethernet port plus USB 3 ports on it as well. Um, if you truly need a computer in your pocket that you can bring to events or you can bring to work or you can bring to someplace and just plug up and let's say, I don't know, stream pirated pay-per-views, stream nfl games to somebody who doesn't have nfl network kind of thing or you just need to stream something from your own private server in a trusted way um this thing is literally um 229 but it is literally the size of a thumb drive i just saw this and i said i have to bookmark this oh gosh i i don't have a need for it but that that is definitely Super cool. There, there's one thumbnail of it. Just plug it in the back of your monitor. Could you imagine? And again, that that's the the use case of the vacation or the you know work apartment or whatever. I could just if you have two HDMI ports on the back of your monitor, and maybe you bring your laptop and plug it in when you're there, or if you're just like, hey, you want something there, period. You could just plug that in, plug a you know wireless keyboard and mouse into it. And boom, you've got realistically, you know, for two twenty nine, a mouse and a keyboard, uh, you know, a remote workstation. Yeah, and I'm and I I feel confident in saying this: if you went out on Black Friday and got like a ninety nine dollar Windows laptop or like a two hundred ish dollar Chromebook, it wouldn't shock me at all if this could outperform both of them. Because again. Eight gigs of RAM. Okay, that eight for, gigs of RAM. That's that's substantial. Yeah, especially for the size of this thing, it's ridiculously small. And because Windows, Microsoft, like three years ago, made a really stupid business choice that basically insinuated if you sell a device with a screen smaller than X or no screen at all, you technically could have it for free. Okay. Oh no way. Yeah. Which is why, um, like, uh, screens less than, like, four inches, I want to say, in China, you keep finding Windows installed on it because it's completely free. This thing, Windows Pro can be installed for it completely for free um, because there's no screen. Um, If I had any excuse for this device, I would pull the trigger immediately. Um, Because, like, where you were saying before about emulation, I love the idea of having it plugged up to a back of a monitor or back of a TV to where I can literally say, I'm doing my work stuff, I'm doing my work stuff, I'm doing my work stuff, change input, and then, bam, I'm playing myself some Nintendo 64 or something. All right, is it only one video output? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Now, huh. technically, because it's Windows 10, there's no reason why you could not get a USB 3 hub with another video out. And I guarantee you it would work just fine. Because I'm all right. So my wife is the lone Windows holdout at home. Uh, we both have you know, I'm using my Chromebook, my uh, 15 inch Acer Chromebook right now. And she got the identical one. She was the first. Uh I had a 14-inch Chromebook, or is it 13, 14? 14-inch Chromebook. And then she got this one, and then I got it. And so her, she has an iMac that she doesn't use, but her laptop is pretty much docked. You know, it's not, there's no dock, but it's plugged into a second, a second monitor. I'm like, actually, she has one big monitor right now. Like for this wouldn't be bad for her because I think her laptop is probably only four gigs of RAM. So if I got her something with eight gigs of RAM, that 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 would work for her. Yeah, I mean the two things that are, would work perfect in that situation is either a device like this or a Chrome box. A Chrome mm-hmm. bit, I think, is still a little bit too low powered for most people to accept. But a Chrome boxes have gotten really quite nice. I'll say in the last couple months. Um. Uh, another link I just had to bring up because it's finally like one of those official things like Pinocchio. Um, I'm a real boy kind of thing. Um, the Raspberry Pi has gotten in air quotes official support from Ubuntu 20.10 um, where you can literally go on Ubuntu.com, click download and click Raspberry Pi edition and you can get a in air quotes fully supported um, distribution of U of U um U Ubuntu for the Raspberry Pi now. 2010 means it's not a long-term support edition. I believe it has less than uh two years worth of support with this device. So it's great for testing. It's great for development. It's great to see that finally we have a major company in, in air quotes supporting the Raspberry Pi ecosystem directly from their sites because almost every other version of an operating system for Raspberry Pi. You have to go to somebody else who's like independently developing it, whether it is Diet Pie, Armbian, or somebody else. Okay, so I want to give a shout out to John Bertram. He said he just bought a uh, $20 Wise watch. So uh, if we had an affiliate link or something like that, that would have been fantastic, but we don't. Uh, Also, as far as I'm going back to one of the first stories, ESXi, ESXi on a Nook is a hack. But the cool thing is ESXi on a Pi is a fling, and that's their uh, VMware's beta stuff comes out in flings. So it's the Pi is actually more supported in it, with VMware than a Nook is. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, um, something else I just wanted to bring up just because I found it really interesting. It was 295 in the notes, Rich. Um, and it is one of these things officially offered from westerndigital.com. Um, Western Digital is one of those companies. I understand people having mixed feelings about them as a company and they don't trust them and stuff for them fails kind of thing. But I hope everybody agrees. Every company in the world has lemons. Okay. Rolls yeah. Royce, Lamborghini, um, Ducati. Um, McLaren, everybody who produces something extremely high Why end, are you picking on the Volkswagen group? Well, you know, they'll, 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 they'll always have something come off the production line and it not be Lamborghini, Ducati, Rolls-Royce. They're all owned by Volkswagen. You know that. I knew two of them were, but anyways. Um, okay, well then, you know, 
um, pick your poison kind of thing. Everybody has lemons. Nobody can produce something 100% correct. And I'm sorry if you in the past have gotten a bad Western Digital Drive. The secret is they're not a bad company. Um, granted, they might do better with customer support, but they're not a bad company. Well, Western Digital um, put out this, and it's um, I'm confused because I didn't know SanDisk was owned by Western Digital. I knew. I had no idea. Well, I knew a lot of the companies consolidated, and now there's only three major companies, Fujitsu, Western Digital, and I can't remember the other one. Uh, but now you can buy a SanDisk Extreme Seagate? Pro. Seagate, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, USB 3.2 solid-state flash drive. This is definitely bigger than your daddy's thumb drive, in air quotes. Um, now, if people in the past remember, we talked about this. USB 3.0, USB 3.1, USB 3.2 is completely different. It's literally like saying serial to USB 1 to USB 2. The form factors might you know, have some similarities, but the speeds are completely different. USB 3.2 SS is insanely fast. I want to say it was like at least uh, 10 times faster than USB uh, 3.0. And you can oh, now wow. get a 512 gig one of these drives for $99. And the good news is the prices are just going to keep coming down and down and down. Uh, this is the kind of USB drive you could literally plug up to a properly supported USB 3.2 SS socket on a board, boot to it, and be hard-pressed to realize that you're not running off of a fast internal drive. Yeah, I can't wait for these prices to even come down more and more and more and more because I can see plugging this up to other computing devices and truly having like a portable boot drive to go from computer to computer to computer. Now okay. what we need is more single board computers to support USB 3.2. Bingo. So the price jump from 512 is 99 and it goes to 169 for double the space for one terabyte. So I'd be like, what the heck, I'll get a terabyte. Unless, you know, it's more highly likely to flake out, which unfortunately I've been on the bad end of storage flaking out. I've had three instances in like weeks, in a period of weeks where I've had zero, zero hard drive SSD incidents for like a decade. Uh, but thumb drives going bad uh, pretty regularly. And I recently had a high quality thumb drive go bad with all of my config files. Which ticked me off. Two fifty-six gig thumb drive. Yeah, that that's good. Uh, right now, the one hundred and twenty-eight gig version of this forty-two dollars US. Two hundred and fifty-six gig version sixty-seven dollars. Five twelve gig ninety-nine dollars. One terabyte one sixty-nine. This is like I don't want to say it's insane prices, but I personally think they are fantastic prices. Yeah, value for what you're getting is real good. Uh, somebody could compare it to some USB 3.0 stick and say, "Really?" And they, they, if that's what they're thinking about, because they're they don't understand what 3.2 is. Yep. Okay. Good. You're not gonna get it. But yeah, I I think this again, if you have the need for it, and I always worry about longevity on these things. So, because I've been burned by things of that size in the past frequently. Yep. Absolutely. I, I understand now. Two more quick links that will be in the notes i don't want to really go over too much is android 11 unofficially i will insert into this title unofficially arrives on the raspberry pi 4 via omnirom and it says with a few quirks well that's because it's not officially supported but if you need yourself some android 11 
Omni-ROM is the one that you want to look at. Um, the next thing I wanted to just make sure I had higher in the notes was a new version of like Chromium OS specifically for the Pinebook Pro. And that was called F-Y-D-E-O-S. Fide OS, I want to say is how it's pronounced, possibly. Uh, I still have to download this. I still have to put this on a card. I do want to try it. Um, and it, the reason is because it is, it is giving you Chromium OS on the Pinebook Pro, but it also states it has some Android support as well. And that's what interests me. Um, I've never seen one of these yet give me Android support. So we're, I'm going to have to definitely, I would like to try it out as well. I say very cool. Very cool. Um, were there any other topics or links you would like to bring up here, Rich? Yeah, no, just, uh, John Bertram said, uh, let's see, what's he talking about here? He said he had a Lamborghini Gallardo in the shop and yeah, unless you have their scan tool, the regular tools will not talk to it. And I remember Hoovy's Garage, I, I think they bought a laptop with the software on it and paid like five grand for it. It was some price up there to, uh, cause, uh, the car wizard was, um, I think he was switching the transmission on it and they had, that's it, the clutch adjustment. So it's a, it's basically a manual transmission with a clutch robot um or, or what do they call it I, I know in big rigs they call it a robot but anyhow that's i for, forget the terminology they use for it but uh yeah so you kind of get hosed on that stuff i i used to work at a porsche repair shop in the 911s pre-carrera 2 like 911 carrera that, those kind of, were bulletproof the 3.2 liter engine almost nothing went wrong on those cars everything was easy to fix i i was always amazed at that, but then the later Porsches really, you know, got tough. But yeah, I uh, happy geek in cyberspace. I, I got a whole bunch of stuff to try out. I'm dying to uh, get that Google Corral running on on a Raspberry Pi because that that's what I was designing it to do, and um, you know, try some stuff out with it. Because realistically, I want to have cameras that do you know people recognition, you know, like, hey, that's a person, that's a rock. So no, there's a person on the property and hopefully no, hey, that's me, my wife, my daughter, that kind of thing. Or, you know, so, hey, I know the mailman, the UPS guy just came by, that kind of thing, or, or the landscaper. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I will say just the other things I want to say that are in the notes that if you, the listener, want to look at, I think they're actually interesting articles. One, uh, Micro Magic Risk V uh, is a company putting out a non- arm licensed processor aka it's a processor that can be completely open source says they just released a processor that not only competes but defeats the new apple uh processor in its own benchmarks i am kind of suspicious of that but i at least found it interesting um lenovo think center has a extremely extremely tiny build with an amd ryzen 5 pro 3400 uh, with 16 gigs of RAM, uh, 5 to 12 uh, gig NVMe, uh, super tiny, sexy, sexy device. Um, there's uh, ARM-based uh, gaming devices that are trying to become the next future gaming rigs, which if it does, is another nail in the coffin of Intel. Um, we also have a um, uh, Asus Chrome Box 
4 that works with up to three external 4K displays at the same time. Uh, we have the Asus Tinkerboard 2 is basically announced. This is a company I swore was not going to be in it for the long haul. They wouldn't give good support. They wouldn't keep updating things. And I am happy to say, once again, I was completely wrong. They are actually doing a really good job supporting their boards. And now they're coming out with a brand new Tinkerboard. So this might be the Tinkerboard that I finally end up jumping on. I figured they'd be one and done. I, I just thought it was too little too late on their product. I agree, but I'll also say this. Their brand new Tinkerboard is running a, can anyone guess what kind of processor? Yes, you guessed right. It's an RK3399 processor. Um, uh, two more dumb quickies. Um, Intel is releasing, I got to say this slow because it even confuses me. They're releasing a white box Nook laptop that no individual is going to probably be able to buy, but organizations or companies will be able to buy it brand it as their own and they believe that this is going to enable small people to compete with hp dell and other companies putting out massive amounts of laptops um and then huawei has made a uh a pc powered by its own silicon as well and it's running a arm processor as well um i truly believe we are now getting ready to broach um laptops and desktops not needing Intel and to the end user consumer being ubiquitously just as good as what they had a year ago. And part of the reason is um, we as end users, consumers have had way too much processor, way too much RAM, way too much disk IO, way too much network IO than what we actually needed for like five years straight. Now, granted, We've always had people out there who literally push the limits of their boxes, but 90% of the consumers don't push nothing hard on their boxes. So the idea of having a, um, a risk-based ARM processor step into and completely meet your needs is becoming easier to achieve is the way I'm, I'm going to put it. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's a real interesting time. And Tor, uh, it's been way too long. I, I don't know when we did a, a last show, but we haven't chatted like we you know, send messages almost daily. But we, I do enjoy spending time with you. And it, it's not oh. just because you pay me so much to do this. Oh, trust me, I definitely love hanging out. Um, the, And look, the last thing I'm going to mention is an ETA Prime video. And I'll put the links in the notes. Because this thing almost shocked me. Um, Atari. It, it, it's a officially branded Atari. They call it the ultimate uh, dual arcade fight stick with trackball uh, uh, available from Micro Center. Yes, it's a touch pricey. Of course it is. Um, but it comes preloaded with uh, a whole bunch of different games on it. And it's literally openly letting you know this is running Linux on its backbone. Um, and it's be very easy to buy this and then uh, add custom games to it or add other things to it. And it looks like now I can't access the video possibly. Hmm. Well, if you just look Micro Center Atari Fight Stick, you will definitely find it. I want to say it was like 200 and change for the low-end version, maybe $300, but extremely easily hackable. Uh, it ran a whole bunch of different things. Uh, definitely, if I could ask my wife for, for Christmas, I would. But I'm sure if I asked her for it for Christmas, she would just say, you're such a nerd. I'm not getting you that. I don't even tell my wife the nerdy things I want. I just buy them. 
I know, but she keeps asking me, what do you want for Christmas? So the last thing I said I want for Christmas, it's a, uh, like, industrial, I don't want to say industrial grade. It's a really popular in, let's just say, military-type things, knife sharpener that I can use for my kitchen knives because I'm really sick and tired of having dull knives. I try to explain to her 90% of ER visits due to kitchen accidents come from dull knives. There's another dull knife. I got to sharpen it. Very cool, Rich. Uh, if people want to uh, catch up with you, hook up with the stuff that you're doing, what is the easiest, simplest way that you could uh, tell them to join you? So flyingrich.com, there's, uh, which hooks up to kind of links to all my social media. But if you're looking for me on Instagram, it's flyingrich underscore official. And on YouTube, it's youtube.com slash flyingrich, no space. There is a flying rich, there's a flying underscore rich, and that's not me. Well, I mean, if you don't see, you know, the gorgeous bald head, then obviously it's, it's the wrong person. Indeed. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, I want to thank everyone for their support. I want to thank everyone who does click on the notes. Uh, and let's just say go to places like uh, patreon.com slash the mini PC show or people who send us emails at mini PC upon us.com. I want to thank Greg again for sending me the email. asking me about how do I feel about the pine book pro because the pine tab was on sale. If it wasn't for him, I might've missed it and not purchased it. So definitely a huge, huge thanks to Greg. Um, I want to thank for um, uh, Christian for all the support throughout the years and everyone else sending us emails. I want to thank John for coming out. I want to thank red for coming out. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing somebody else in the chat, but I can't find them right now. Oh, Mitch, M M Mitch Heyman. Uh, really good to see all you guys. Really good to talk to all you guys. I'm sorry it's been so long. If you want to blame anybody for a lack of shows coming out, I'm the one to blame, as always, the buck stops here kind of thing. Um, I will definitely try to talk to you again real soon. Rich, I hope you have a good week. Thank you, sir. And we will definitely talk to everyone again real soon. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is everyday tech for everyday people. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology related. You can find us on iTunes and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen and let us know what you think.